Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. Got a really exciting show for you today. We are going to deal with the news of the day, which of course is new unemployment claims. We're gonna talk about April rent collection. But most importantly, we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about the future and where we see the opportunities because there will be opportunities to buy stuff for pennies on the dollar and we're gonna spend the majority of our time there. But before we get there, we gotta deal with the news of the day. And uh, first, let's welcome Jonathan Twomley to the show. How are you doing, Jonathan? Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on again. As always, this is one of the highlights of my week. So I'm just glad to, I love doing this. So thanks. Oh, I appreciate, I appreciate you more than you know. Um, so thank you very much for that. That makes me feel good. And as you mentioned, I got a haircut. This is the first video I've done with my haircut. So yes, I got bored and shaved it all off. Uh, so let's talk about unemployment. Uh, new unemployment claims are down. They're down from 6.9 to 6.6 to 5.2. What, what yeah. do you think of that? I, well, I mean, I, I still make of this that, I mean, this is just like 5.2 million new unemployment claims in, would be like shockingly off the charts, except that we've had more <laughs> in recent weeks. So like, I, it, it, it's still, it's just bad, right? It's not a trend like in the right direction. I think it's just because it's still people sort of, you know, some of the shutdowns haven't happened yet. Some states yeah. were later than others. And so I think it's just, you know, some people got, you know, it took them a while to get around to filing. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, my wife, for instance, she, she was laid off and she, she filed and it took her like a week to file. And then, cause she had to wait for the right day and then, yeah. uh, you know, and then whatever. So it's, it's, uh, I think those things are still sort of playing out through the system and we're going to mm -hmm. continue to see that until, we start getting some good news. You know, good news here in New York City, looks like the curve has flattened. They've actually nice. started, the number of new admissions to hospitals has actually started to decline apparently. Good. So we're not obviously out of the woods yet. I mean, we still, I just heard this morning on the radio that like 10,000 people in New York City have died of coronavirus. And um, so it's still, you know, there's the morgue's overwhelmed, you know, right. they're, the, all the hospitals have refrigeration trucks outside to yeah. keep the bodies in. They're burying bodies on islands in New York Harbor. You know, it's like, it's crazy, but, um, but it seems like we may have peaked. And if we can, if people can stick it out for a few more weeks and kind of deal with the isolation, then, you know, maybe we can avoid a rebound. Although I have to say, like, I, I'm a little bit disturbed because um, I think, like in the neighborhood where I work, I think people are illegally going back to work on construction sites mm -hmm. right now because for the last a, a few weeks ago, uh, when they they sh there's a lot of construction around here. There's like four or five huge major projects coming out of the ground, mm -hmm. and um, a couple of weeks ago when they shut down construction sites, they had been letting them go as essential for a few weeks and then shut them down. Mm. Uh, it became extremely easy to park around here. And in the last two days or three days, I've noticed it's harder to park. Like it's, it's harder to find a spot. So, uh, 
I, I think you know streets that were like completely empty are now full of cars. Mm. And so I think that people have are going back to work on some of these construction sites. So maybe the city is distracted and the developers are, you know, New York developers can be a little bit of a, you know, they cut, they cut some corners. A little so, gangster. <laughs> yeah. Not even just that. They're just, you know, they just, there's a lot of people who just cut corners in construction. Okay. But anyway, um, so, but hopefully the, that's not too widespread and we can continue to flatten the curve and then get through this yeah. more quickly. So that's, that's good news. Um, but, uh, you know, this is still going to go on for a while. Yeah. And, and I think, and there are other states that, you know, thought they didn't have a problem or thought they didn't have to uh, impose lockdowns. And now they're yeah. starting to kind of belatedly. So I think you'll see the places where they went into lockdown earlier will mm-hmm. come will emerge from it earlier. But then if you've got people, I mean, traveling from States where they didn't lock down, they can, yeah. they can get reinfected all over again. So, you know, I think we're still in this for, for a while, you know? Yeah. The one thing I could say about the unemployment and you're right, $5.2 million or $5, $5.2 million dollar again. Wow. <laughs> On a new unemployment claims is six, no eight X, the peak of the 08 crash, right? Which was 660, if I remember right. So uh, we got to put it in context. But again, you know, when you go through hell, you got to get going. And and I'm hoping that 6.9 print uh, from two weeks ago now uh, proves to be the peak. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're up to 20 million right now. 22, yeah. Basically wiped out all of the job gains since 2008, right? Yep, So correct. uh, We're kind of back to where we were, except that, uh, I was reading an interesting article on Seeking Alpha this morning talking mm. about, so arguing that this is worse because, you know, they're talking about in 2008, well, economic activity just didn't just shut down like it did now. It just, it, it, it retrenched right. like you have in a, in a recession typically, mm-hmm. but it didn't, you know, stop, shut, didn't yeah. stop. You still had, you know, you had 10% unemployment. That meant that 90% of the people were still working. Right. Mm-hmm. So, which is a huge hit. If you think about like if, the, if, if 10% unemployment feels that bad as it did in 2008, mm-hmm. like it kind of shows you how the, the economy really needs to be really firing for everybody to be feeling good. And, yeah. and when, when, you know, you get a little, you get 10% unemployment and suddenly like you've got people defaulting on debt, everywhere it just shows you that like as a society we're too we're too indebted no for sure publicly and privately there's just too much debt out there so i don't know maybe maybe you know there'll be some some more fiscal prudence that will (laughs) come out of this like like at least on the personal level oh the personal level yeah 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 i mean people personally i mean there's nothing we can do about the government at this point yeah they're gonna print 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 they have they have no choice really i mean they just they just the only way to deal with this is just to print more money, you know, totally and, and there's just no, no, there's really no other option. So, uh, but the, but personally, I think yeah. maybe people will start, uh, will start reassessing how much debt they're willing yeah. to take on and, and, and hopefully investors too, real estate investors too, will mm-hmm. start thinking seriously about like how, at least for a while. I mean, I know that these things, Memories are short, right? Yeah. Uh, but at least in the short term, I think people will start feeling like, okay, got to save. We're not going to overpay for stuff. Yeah. We're going to look more critically I, at asset prices and totally not, agree. you know, get ahead of ourselves and not start thinking up like, 
you know, these, oh yeah, it's just going to get better forever yeah. as, as people had been thinking up until, uh, you know, a couple months ago. Yep. So that I think will lead to a healthier investment environment than totally agree. we've seen. Totally agree. Yeah. So I think unemployment new claims is sort of what it is. It is trending down. It's trending down from a very high level. It's going to be millions of more people next week as well. Um, not, not great news. Uh, but let's, let's switch to April collections. I think we were both rightly so nervous about April, but I'm willing to say it turned out better than I expected. I don't know about you. Well, so interestingly, so the first round of data came out in that kind of initial you know, sort of five-day period when mm-hmm. rent tends to get paid. And uh, the initial survey said that about 70% of people paid their rent, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, it's not horrible, 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 but pretty much every property out there, if you only have 70% collections, yeah. you are, you're in deep trouble, right? Yep. So um, you're not, you're, you're, probably not making your debt service and you're definitely not making any profit if you're only collecting 70% right, of which of your rent roll. So that's, that's really bad over the course of the last week or so, you know, there's always people who pay late. Yep. So they've gone back and done the service. And I think the most recent data is I saw this morning, it was as of like the 12th and they said that about 87% of people Mm-hmm. made some form of rent payment, either yep. full, or par- full or partial. That compares to like 92% yep. at the stage of the month for a year ago. So mm-hmm. that's, that's better, right? I mean, obviously it's better, but you still, honestly, if you're down 5%, mm-hmm. a lot of people can't survive being down 5% yeah. in economic vacancy for very long. Right. They can survive a month of it, but you can't survive, you know, two or three months of it. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how collections continue to to play out for the rest of the month. But then we've got May. And I think what's happening a lot right now is that there are people who are drawing on their savings to pay their rent. Right. And they've, they're drawing on what resources they have. I have no, there's no, I don't know the data for this out there, but I'm sure a lot of people are paying rent with credit cards as well. Mm, so, yeah. uh, cause to the extent that that's permitted, right. Mm-hmm. It's permitted in some States, not permitted in others, mm-hmm. but, um, I've been hearing a lot of landlords talking about, you know, in, they usually charge a fee if you want right. to pay by they, credit they card because it. they get, because char- they get paid, you know, they have to bear the fee to the card processor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're waiving those fees to get people to pay by credit card. So, you know, that might cushion the blow a little bit, but that's just kicking the can down the road because all those people are just building up credit card debt yeah. and maybe the landlords are getting paid, but at some point people start hitting their credit card limits um, mm-hmm. and they can't do that anymore. So that's only a temporary solution. Unemployment checks will start coming in. The stimulus checks have started being mailed or not checks, but the Wire. people who are on direct deposit started getting money mm-hmm. yesterday. I yesterday, think, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. So that will help. Mm-hmm. Right. And the unemployment will, uh, will help too, but, uh, that t- there's a delay with that. I mean, I was actually surprised n- having never dealt with the unemployment system before, but helping my wife kind of navigate the mm-hmm. website, uh, that, you know, so she had, she filed last week 
then she had to this then she had to this week she had to say i haven't worked in a week and like every week she's got to go back yeah. and say i haven't i haven't worked and i can't find work and um when we went and filed that it said okay well, basically you'll start getting paid in three to six weeks right so there's a pretty big delay for on the unemployment side and mm -hmm. i don't know if new york is typical or not but i suspect it's probably, probably. similar in most places so yeah, uh so it it takes a while for those claims to be processed and start paying out. And that, so there's going to be a gap there as well. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe, so, the, maybe, maybe it won't be, maybe it won't be so bad, but, yeah. uh, but I think it's, it's still, there's going to be pain. Like it's, you're not going to be doing, you're not going to be collecting it. Nobody's going to be collecting a hundred percent of their rent roll. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they're going to be collecting at levels that, make profits kind of go kind of go away you yeah know? yeah so my my collection because again i have nearly 200 units i would call them c-class affordable housing all in again central valley of california so by the fifth you're right you know we were at 77 percent collection and that caught my attention i'm like ooh. Um, and then if you compare that to march which was a normal month we were uh five percent behind so we collected 82 percent mm -hmm. by march fifth or sixth, wherever it was on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but by the 15th, which was yesterday, we were at 96% collected. Oh, that's great. And we're full, yeah. right? So we didn't even have a vacancy. Right. So there's none of that. Um, and that's only 1.1% behind March. Um, so yeah, April turned out better. Uh, I think we talked a couple weeks ago, I'd plan to miss 10%. So right now we're really only missing 1%, right? With versus March collection. So uh, much, much, much better than I expected. And I actually feel better about May and June very, very recently because of what just happened, right? The 1200 bucks started showing up mm. and most of my rent is below 1200, right? 1200 bucks. If they're a family of four, right? Two adults, two kids, they're supposed to get 3,400 bucks for, right. for most of my tenants. That's three months of rent at yeah. least. Uh, and if they're getting unemployment supercharged with the California kicker, uh, again, most of my folks are going to be making more sitting on the couch. I mean, in California, if you made $50,000 a year, you're better taking unemployment wow. for the next four months. Well, I know in New York state and particularly in some rural areas, that's, that's true. Like people who were mm -hmm. working for, you know, minimum wage or close yep. to it wind up better off, uh, you know, getting yeah. this, 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 uh, stimulus money. So hopefully that will help the landlords and stuff. And yeah, and but I think it helps the bottom of the tree, right? We talk about class A, B and C, right? Yeah. It doesn't help, doesn't help class A, right? Class A with $5,000 rent mortgages or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Those, those folks are not going to, you know, benefit as much. Yeah. They didn't even and, get the 1200. Most of them. Yeah, That's true. A lot of them don't. Um, and for unemployment, I mean, they'll get like in New York State, for instance, it works out to half of your half of your previous salary plus mm -hmm. six hundred a week. Although I'm sure there's some cap. I mean, I can't imagine that if you make yeah, it's some cap, hours, yeah, they're going to pay you you know two hundred fifty. Like I'm sure that's not how it works. Yeah, um, there, I'm sure there's some kind of cutoff for it at some level. Yeah, but uh, for but anyway, for people who are paying much higher rents, that's not going to help them. But at least in theory, those people have more in savings to fall back on. So maybe they can continue to pay. In theory, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna find out, right? I think we're gonna find out who's yeah. swimming naked in old Warren Buffett quote, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you know what's interesting though, so we're talking about this. I mean, so whatever, whatever happens, right. Yeah. People are going to take some kind of lesson from what, from what's happened. And I, I wonder if the lesson that let's just say this actually turns out to be kind of the best case scenario okay. where uh, we get through this relatively quickly, say by the summer, we're done with this. The coronavirus okay. can't survive in really warm weather. And like yep. we've kind of beaten it back. People go back to start going back to work. Mm-hmm. People have collected all this money from the government and they've paid their rents and people have, and collections are pretty well. Yeah. Is the lesson going to be that people are going to take like, Hey, like the worst calamity possible that we ever could have, that we didn't even imagine possible has happened. And, and look, we had 90% collections. So therefore we can go and take a, we can just go take a whole bunch of risk because uh, you know, the government's going to bail us out if we ever have anything bad happen again. God, I hope that's going to be the lesson that people take. It's possible. Or is the lesson that people take going to be, we need to be more cautious. I mean, frankly, if I'll just say it right here, like if the lesson that the market takes is full steam ahead, because no matter what, we're going to get bailed out. I, I think I'm done with real estate investing personally. Oh. Like, I th- like I think I'm, I think I'm going to go find something else to do because if, if people wind up taking that lesson and paying even more for property, and it's, yeah. it's just going to be, it's going to be so overinflated that the, the crash that finally happens where the government doesn't bail everybody out, you know, I mean, it can, I mean, does that mean that when next time we have like a run of the mill recession that mm. the government's going to bail us out? Maybe right. it does. But maybe we're just not allowed to have recessions anymore. But I mean, that's like, like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like uh, that's, I had never thought of that. Um, Yeah, that can't be the, I mean, that, that can't be the lesson that comes out of this. This is a once in a hundred year kind of thing. I hope, although now I hear people saying it's going to come back every 20 years or so, but yeah, that, that would be a um, horrible outcome is just keep over leverage, go from 90 to 90% leverage. Cause when it goes bad, the government will bail us out. Um, yeah, just keep on paying more because the, the lesson will be, this is an even safer asset than we thought it was because, well, look, the government's going to bail us out and there's no, like yeah. just, the government's just removing risk from in, the investment markets. Yeah. Which yeah, is, I, and then all the stock market investors will all pour into real estate too. Cause we'll be like, look, we, the stock's tanked because mm-hmm. we didn't get a bailout, right. but look at real estate, real estate effectively got a bailout because people got bailed out. Yeah. And so therefore, uh, we're going to flood in there and then you're going to have like, you know, one and 2% cap rates oh. and you know, yeah, which is a level you just can't make money at. Oh, it's just but, silly, yeah. uh, like, is that going to be the lesson? I, I sure hope not, but I mean, I could actually see a scenario in which that's the case. And yeah. if that is the case, then, you know, you've got to, the syndication model doesn't even work at, at that. No level, yeah. you know, so it's broken. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's be rosy. Let's, let's fast forward. Let's, I don't know what time frame you want to put it on. I'm going to put 18 months on mine, right? Get through this, suffer some pain because again, in the residential space, the forbearance issue is, is kind of kicking the can down the road, but it comes due right. later this year, early next year. So I see a lot of opportunity for me, but I'm going to put an 18 month clock on it when I talk. Um, let's talk about opportunities where, where we see them, where we see them kind of happening first. Uh, later, do you want you want to jump in first with what your thoughts are? But let's give your timing also, so we're clear. Yeah, I mean, I I I think it's it'll be twelve to eighteen months when okay. we start we start seeing a, a lot of opportunity in the market. Maybe okay. sooner. I think there'll be there'll be you know 
I think there's definitely going to be more more distress than normal in the next mm-hmm. 12 months. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's going to take a while for a lot of this to work its way through the system. And it'll take a while. If there really is a price correction, it, it always takes a while for sellers to, mm-hmm. to you know, capitulate to that, right? Yeah. They will hold out for peak prices for a while because they're psychologically anchored to them, right? But they, and they'll take them, if they don't have to sell, they'll keep on holding out, hoping it's going to come back. And at some point they finally give up. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, it'll be 12 months for this to really play through and where we start seeing a lot of opportunity in the markets. And I think that there are going to be certain markets that uh, where you're really going to see some bargains to be had. And some markets, frankly, that like I would never touch except at the bottom of the market where I think that you'll, you'll, you're going to see some, uh, those those places will become attractive to invest in because they've been de-risked, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the first place I'm thinking about is Las Vegas. Yeah. I think Las Vegas is going to be really hurt by this uh, because I just, even after the coronavirus, for, you know, first of all, there's all of the money that's been lost already yep. uh, in that economy. But I think it's going to be, it's even after this is over, I think people are going to be very wary about gathering in places like yes. casinos. Yep. They're going to be very wary about getting on planes and being, you know, it, it's already traveling is already bad enough on planes unless you're flying like business class or first class. So for most people, it's a horrible experience. You're, you've got to wait on these security lines. I mean, can you imagine if they do social distancing on security lines, the lines will be around the airport, Right. Well, and, now I suspect what they're going to do is what they're doing in Dubai is they're going to test everybody before you get well, on. Well, they may do that too. Yeah. So there's going to be that too. But yeah. still, it, you know, it's, asymp- it's asymptomatic, right? So you could be carrying this thing around for a couple of weeks and you're not going to have a temperature and you can still infect the person next to you. So Yeah, but I think, testing- I, I think they're going to move testing outside the airport. So they're not going to let anybody in who's tested positive. Well, that way you don't have to have social distancing, right? Or is that not how well, it works? Well, that's... that's a, well, it depends on what the testing is. If they're just taking your temperatures. You no, know, I meant like a that, swab cheek test. Or like whatever. a swab or something. Yeah, I mean, when those tests are developed, I mean, those aren't even, yeah. you know, or maybe you're going to have to show up at the airport with your test results. Maybe. But, but still, whatever yeah. the case is, even if that's true, and, and it's interesting you brought this up because I was thinking about this before our call. Yesterday I was listening to this radio interview about the uh, – the, the tests that are now being marketed mm-hmm. to see if you have the coronavirus antibodies mm-hmm. and how statistically speaking, they're basically meaningless. Cause even if a test, if it, so, so you know, this is gets into statistics is way beyond my ability to like to explain uh, or fully understand. But basically what they were talking about was that if you have a test that's 99% accurate okay. and you have only, you know, like, five percent of your of the population is is really positive like that one percent error basically renders the whole test meaningless like you can't rely on it at all oh so shoot. just statistically I, I can't explain it to you but if, if you when you listen to the interview and they walk through it it's like mm. oh now i understand why like you could have okay all these false positives where people think they already have the antibodies and 
Yeah. And it wouldn't, and they actually wouldn't like you could oh, be no. within the statistical error. If, if not enough people actually are positive. Right. So mm. it's, so I think what's going to happen is regardless of that, I think a lot of people are just going to be really wary about getting on a plane. Yeah, not going to happen. Right. When yeah. you're, when you're like jammed, you're in the best of times, you're jammed in with like people on either side of you and you might catch a cold from them. And everybody is like, eh, I don't want to try, you know, yeah. think about it. You get on a plane and you hear somebody like the next person next to you is like sniffling. You're like, oh, you yeah. know, caught it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, you're, you just don't want to be there now. If that could kill you, if it's not yeah. a cold. So I think a lot of people are going to be wary to get on planes. Agreed. And, and so tourism and gambling are the, you know, we saw that in the last recession yeah. out the window when yeah. people don't have discretionary income, if they're trying to save money, that's out. So I think Las Vegas is, is done be, is like burnt toast for years. And yeah, for years. And that's going to mean that, you're going to be able to buy stuff super cheap. And, mm-hmm. and frankly, in a market like Las Vegas, because of this tendency, in a, it is not a recession-proof market, right? It is no. probably the worst market to be in in a recession. Totally agree. Because it's all so heavily tourism-based and ho- you know, everything there, casinos, hotels, meals, shows, everything. all that stuff that, you, that nobody needs, right? Yeah. Except for gambling addicts. So the only people who are going to go there yep. in a recession, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just a normal recession. So a market like that, you only want to buy at the bottom, right? You buy at the bottom, you're probably okay. You get in early, you can withstand what's going on. You buy at the top, as a lot of people have recently, you're, it's bad, bad news. So yep. Las Vegas, though, is a market that there's going to be bargains in. Agreed. Um, I think there are going to be bargains in a lot of markets that were uh, ha- having bad demographics, like in the first place. So I think True. a lot of markets where, uh, frankly, you know, say a lot of Midwestern markets that are where the, the MSA, the MSAs have flat population growth or, or even losing population, mm-hmm. uh, markets like that, where frankly, I would not have touched them before for the same reason that, you know, they're going to be more sensitive in a recession because you've, you're, you're going to be, you know, adding to population decline, retrenchment where people start moving in with family, yep. you know, they start doubling up with roommates, that kind of stuff. Uh, and to be paying a premium in those markets at the top makes no sense. But at the bottom, again, not the ideal place to invest, but I think the, it's a lot safer getting in at the bottom in markets like that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be, again, some distress in some of those markets. So like some of these markets that people perceive as being accessible, like Cleveland and Detroit, and, and simply because the price point ha- is low, yeah. like a lot of those people who bought at the top are going to lose money, even though the price was low, right? Agreed. But there'll be some opportunity to get in at, you know, really attractive prices uh, in some of those markets, I think, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some of your smaller, more rural markets, the same, the same thing where, you know, it's already been the case that you see a lot of inventory on the market because people are, are moving south or what what yep. have you, or they're sure. moving to the cities, right? So even 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 in the south, the the rural markets are are de- those places are depopulating, right? Those small yep. communities because everybody is moving to the cities, even if it's small cities. Like they're just the metro areas are doing okay, but those rural areas and rural counties are are, yeah. are just losing population. So. Yeah. Again, those markets will be a lot safer. I think they'll be just because you can buy so cheaply, right? 
and um, it, that's kind of the only time I would even consider investing in some of those those markets, right? So For sure, yeah. Um, there, so I know. Yeah, what are your thoughts? So I think there's a couple of things that I see coming. I think there's going to be a lot of stress in, I don't know, Airbnb hotspots right places mm. not not the ones that are kind of you know traveling nurses and you know business folks right. but vacation heavy spots are yeah. are going to be in trouble you know the oceanfront condos in Miami Beach or South Beach or uh you know the the Napa valleys in California or Santa Barbara's uh, i think there's going to be a great price reset cuz there are too many people got into this new model of Airbnb and they just overpaid uh for that and I, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to feel pain there. And again, if you ever wanted to have a beachfront property, I think you're going to get a deal in the next 12 yeah. to 18 months. Um, I think the high end market is hurt predominantly in every MSA across the country, right? If you're two to three X, the median in any MSA, I think that market is in pain for two to three years. First, the inventory was always too high. I do believe people are going to come out of this being more conservative not wanting to sign up for such big mortgage payments. Um, Vegas, I wrote Vegas down as well. Um, the, on the positive side, I think there's a, there's, I don't know if it's positive, opportunity side. I do believe one of the great resets that happen after we get through this is we are going to manufacture more stuff here. I do hmm. believe there's a great appreciation for the fact that we have now relied on countries that may or may not like us to make critical elements of things we need in an emergency, whether that's health and medicine, protective gear, or whatever. Uh, I know that Japan just created an initiative by their government to, to I think it's a couple hundred million dollars when you do their currency uh, translation. I think it's actually more like two billion. Or two billion, yeah. Bringing yeah. manufacturing back to Japan. Uh, I would hope that we would do something very similar. And again, we're going to pick winners and losers there. It just has to happen to get through this. Um, but I think on the manufacturing side, if we can create big plants or retool other plants that have been shuttered um, to make stuff we need going forward, I think, I think that will be a positive. Now, this is not more cars, right? Well, I don't think that's the answer. Um, but I think there will be more manufacturing coming out of this. I think that's one of the ways... Uh, we force inflation, which is just has to happen to get us through this and more taxes, unfortunately. Uh, and then I think we're going to have, unfortunately, we're going to have a more people hooked on affordable housing and government assistance. I think one of the unfortunate outcomes of this, and again, we, I kind of teased it earlier, is we're going to frankly tell low-income folks maybe it's okay to live on the government dime. Um, and so I think the Section 8 program or its next I think it will morph into something bigger, right? Section eight's very depression area program. I think that's going to explode in the next eight to 12 months. It'll be a new thing. It'll be, you know, section eight squared. And I don't really think that's a good thing sort of capitalist wise, but as somebody who has a lot of affordable housing and is planning to buy a lot more, you know, I had 30% of my income show, show up on the 29th because it's section eight revenue. All right, the 29th before April 1st. So I, I, think, I think there's going to be a lot more affordable housing. I think the top end gets whacked. And um, that's, that's kind of how I see it. Well, I, I mean, I, 
I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm actually skeptical about almost everything you said. Awesome. Good. Just, just, just because, because I'm, well, part, part out of cynicism, actually mostly out of cynicism. Um, I, I don't really see manufacturing reshoring to any great extent. And the reason is that I think the level of tariffs that would have to be imposed to mm. equalize the labor costs, yeah. you know, w- would be so dramatic that like they could just never get through yeah. Congress. Right. And so I, I, I think that maybe at the margins, there will be some, uh, you know, some manufacturing and maybe, you know, and again, this just, then this becomes another government program. Yeah. Maybe the government is going to say there are certain strategic right. things that need to be manufactured here. And we're actually going to subsidize the yep. manufacturing of these things so that they're manufactured here. Like, you know, PPEs and all this and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Maybe that will, that will, you know, happen again, mm-hmm. but, um, or happen. It maybe that will happen. I think that will happen, but, but yeah, but I, I, don't I'm very skeptical that there'll be any kind of as long as the labor differential, the labor cost differential is so big between yeah. the United States, you know, it brings into question the whole like free trade thing and whether this really was a good thing or not. Mm. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can argue uh both sides of that question. I think there's plausible arguments on both sides of that issue. Um, but it certainly has led to the hollowing out of a lot of communities in America and therefore yeah. I think most people would probably say, you know, would I rather buy these widgets, you know, more cheaply or would I rather have like these large swaths of small town America, like, like still be functioning. They'd probably say I'd be willing to pay a couple bucks more for this stuff, you know, for that. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think that people who make that stuff want to pay a couple bucks more for, you know, for stuff they would rather stick that in their pocket. So, sure. um, so I think, I don't think we're going to see a lot of okay. reshoring unless there's, unless there's like a real cost advantage to doing it. Um, then in terms of, uh, Oh, so, you know, increased, uh, assistance to low income renters. I mean, th- those programs have been maxed out for years. There's mm-hmm. been incredible resistance in Congress to increasing them. Uh, and I don't really see that changing either because I mm. see after all of this, you know, the budget deficit has mushroomed to $2 trillion. I, I, yeah. would, I will, I am willing to bet that, you know, when, if the issue is raised in Congress, like, Hey, let's increase these programs. The answer is going to be, you know, no, we have enough debt. So I think that, you know, it'll oh, I'll, I'll take that bet. I think you're right on the manufacturer. I can definitely see that logic, but I think uh, I'm willing to take that bet. You know, it, it'll it'll be early next year. It'll be after, it'll be post November, right? Because that that will be what it is. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Well, look at I mean, let's just let's just like well, let's just come out and just say it. Like if if the Democrats win, yep. the White House, and they win enough of Congress to you know, overcome Republican filibusters, then yeah, I would, I could, I could imagine those programs being ramped up considerably, but I think as long as the Republicans have 41 votes, yeah, no, I think as long as they have 41 votes in the Senate filibuster, yep. Yeah. They'll filibuster the heck out of that and uh, it won't happen. So that, that's, that's, that's my 
prediction as to how that would play out. Um, right. I, yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, this has been a, we've been in an affordable housing crisis for, True. you know, for like two generations now. Yep. And it, it hasn't, that, that hasn't been enough to, to change things. So, yep. uh, you know, the, okay. the one thing that maybe could happen, I uh, also, my probability on this is very low, but you know, maybe, th- maybe just maybe the sanity will prevail and a lot of the communities around the country, and it's pretty much everywhere. This is not a left right issue. This is, this is really, this is, and this is just everywhere. Nobody wants to let anything get built anywhere near them. Right. Right. They want everything to be built somewhere else. Yeah. Especially if it's tall, right. Or there's a lot of people moving in and they have more cars and it's going to create more traffic. They don't want it near them. And it doesn't matter if they're Democrats, Republicans, independents completely, you know, pay no attention to politics, whatever. Nobody wants anything built near them for any reason whatsoever. So in, in, until we get rational and, you know, we, we adopt more of a policy like, Japan, where they say, all you people complaining about this, like go pound sand, we don't care. Yeah. It's going to get built, right? Whether you like it or not, you know? So poor you, your real estate values are going to go up. Like too bad for you. Right. We have no sympathy. Um, But, you know, there's more housing, right? They create, they have no housing shortage in, in Japan, you know, even though, I mean, you've got, well, we've talked about this before. The, the cities in Japan, the major cities are still growing, even though the population is decreasing overall. They don't have an affordability crisis in, in those cities yep. because they just keep on building and building and building and building and building. And there's no, it, they don't yep. have this problem. So the, pri- the price mechanism works. But in the United States where you've got, you know, places where you are just not allowed to build anything, and you can't build enough of it and it costs too much money to build it and so many regulations around building mm-hmm. it and the approvals process takes forever and everything is a problem and you've got community review boards and they string, you know, you can guarantee that only the people who are opposed to anything show up at those things mm-hmm. and there's always opposition to anybody building anything. Mm-hmm. If we can't get that resolved, right? But So we have to, so I'm hoping that maybe because that's good for construction is good for everybody. Like it's jobs yeah. for low income people. It increases the supply of housing, which helps everybody mm-hmm. on their rents and, and buying homes and whatever. And I just see it as like a, you know, a win-win except maybe for the traffic issues, but then the governments have to deal with that. Like you have to yeah. build more infrastructure. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and that, but more infrastructure helps everybody too. So yeah. I, like I, hopefully that, yeah, that, change, that could be coming. Again, it's a supply problem in most of the country. There's, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. 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 I am curious what you think about New York. I mean, one of the things, I mean, I, we may have talked about this last week a little, but I'm a little nervous about New York seeing a price, again, residential, um, yeah. kind of seeing a 30 to 40% price drop in the next 12 to 18 months, just as, you know, there's a whole collection of folks that go, hey, I'm out of here. I don't want to live vertical anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then there's people that would normally come and it's like, you know what, maybe I'm going to hold back. But again, I don't, I don't know if that's even possible. I, mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, a little bit skeptical about the idea that like, as soon as this is over, you're going to have a mass exodus from New okay. York. I mean, because usually the people who I see writing about that are kind of like New York haters and they've yeah, been true. writing about this stuff 
forever anyway. Right. I, I mean, the cost issue is definitely, that is driving people away, the, the cost of housing. Right, but that think, did that think, before this, yeah. Yeah, but I, but I think, you know, that the cost of housing is going to decline in New York City a little bit because uh, of deflation. what's happened. So okay. there's going to be some deflation. There's, it, but it was already happening, right? I mean, the, mm. there was already starting to be a glut of property on the market. They definitely overbuilt at the top end of the market for rentals. Okay. Um, there's, there, you know, rentals, all, all these new, you know, properties were offering all kinds of concessions yeah. already because they just overbuilt. Uh, and so, and I, I definitely saw the, you know, in looking personally for, to buy a new house over the last mm -hmm. few months, there's been price cuts, right? I mean, you see, if you're going on Trulia, you see okay. like the price cut history as people have kind of reached the limit of what they're willing to pay. So I, I think that is going to cause there to be like I, th I think the sentiment is changing. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily, like I think the price will drop because people are just like, just not paying that okay. anymore. But okay. I don't think that's necessarily, you know, like everyone's going to flee New York because they're like, oh, scared of coronavirus. So I think people who, the people who have been priced out may continue to leave, although maybe that will slow down and prices drop a little bit. Um, okay. You know, so I, I don't, I don't see Corona particularly being, an issue in that respect, but I, but I do see prices dropping for sure. Okay. Cause they, yeah. cause they already started beforehand. So, so this maybe um, accelerates it a little bit. And again, I, I think I it's think the so, high yeah. end. It's the high end. That's most vulnerable. Is that fair? Well, yeah, except that I think even the low end has, is high. Like in the, you know what I mean? So I think <laughs> yeah. like to buy a, a house, even in, I mean, I think, so I think in a lot of neighborhoods around the city, what I was seeing for the last few years was people buying in frankly bad neighborhoods that were not really close to getting gentrified because they're too far out right. and too, and too, and too bad and too sort of scary, yeah. frankly uh, people bidding up prices in those areas because they were speculating that, well, yeah. it's going to get gentrified keep going, here yeah. too. Yeah. And so I think that, a lot of people were being priced out of the market because of that, like in mm. those areas. Um, but I think a lot of the, there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. You're already seeing it. There's, there, it was already happening that mm. there were starting to be foreclosures because uh, those people's expectations were of how much money they were going to make was not happening. And they weren't, they were doing these like, you know, expensive renovations on these properties in areas right. that people who could afford the rents that they were charging didn't want to live. Right. So um, you're already seeing that kind of thing happen. Very so. cool. Yeah. So in the end, um, I think we both believe there will be opportunities created in the next 12 to 18 months to buy stuff at a discount. Um, you know, people who bought at the top kind of wash their hands of it. People who reached for, uh, you know, a home in a market that's not gentrifying will, will be in trouble. Um, so is that fair to say that again, we, we are generally positive about the future opportunities ahead of us? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's like, I, I don't know if people are listening on my email list or not. Um, if you're not, you should get on my email list. And how do um, they do that? They can do that by going to multifamilylaunchpad.org and downloading the free download I have there for them. Cool. Um, and so I write every day about 
you know, what I'm seeing. And, um, the, uh, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, what, what did you just ask me? You just said, um, it, uh, where the opportunities about, are going to be. Oh yes, yes, yes. So, so yeah. So what I was saying was that, um, I mean, there's going to be pain. And I was writing about this morning about how, like, it feels a little bit icky to be sort of gleeful about profiting from other people's pain. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's going to be bad. And a lot of people are going to be hurt from this. And a lot of owners are going to be hurt from this. And uh, on the other hand, though, if you've been on the sidelines, it's, you know, up until now, it's going to be, it's going to be good. There's gonna be a lot of opportunity. If you've, if you have been in the markets, but you also was you know, building up cash because you knew mm-hmm. a correction was coming, you're, you're going to be in good shape. I think yep. most owners will get through this. The economy will come back. They'll be okay. Yep. But at the margins, there's always going to be people who, you know, overpaid, got over leveraged and are going to, you know, are going to suffer. And, yep. you know, like I've been warning for two years that a correction was coming, yeah. uh, you know, at least. And, um, and I think people, were overenthusiastic and they believed that there was no risk in real estate. And frankly, if that, those people kind of deserve what they get, um, yeah, I agree. If, they, if they're not prudent about how they look at things. So the opportunity will be there and I don't feel so bad about, you know, profiting at the expense of people who like ignored the warning signs mm-hmm. and, Know, and and insisted everything was was fine. Uh, I think that's kind of an immature, yep. unsophisticated view to take, and and those people shouldn't have been in the markets at all. Yep. Um, but uh, but every cycle you see the same thing, and you know that's just what happens. So we do live in a capitalist society. We do still, I guess, kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but um, you know it is what it is. So yeah. the opportunity will be there, and. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it personally. So. Yeah. yeah. So a couple of things I hope you guys take from this. There will be opportunity, but again, don't rush. Don't be early, right? Don't be a hero. Don't, don't try to catch a falling knife. There was actually, again, in Seeking Alpha this morning, this very, very good article that I read um, that was talking about how it's just way too early yeah. to, be, to be jumping into anything yet because we just really have only begun to see the pain. And, yeah. and like you said, it, the heroes who are going to like rush into the burning building thinking that they're, they're yeah. you know, going to save, you're going to make money. Uh, it's those people will wind up, you know, getting in the uh, carnage. Yep. Yeah. 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 So one more time, it's multifamilylaunchpad.org, correct? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to put that in the show notes first line of this description so people can check it out. Jonathan, thank you very much for your time. Always fun to talk to you. Have a wonderful week. You too. Take care, Michael. See you next week. Yep.